What is going on, party people, and welcome to episode 11 of the review show. Each week here, we pick something new, a comic book, a movie, TV show, who knows what. We'll rate it, we'll watch it, we'll do what we have to do, and we'll come back here and we'll talk about it. My name is Kyle Springer, and I am joined, as always, by Melissa Wilkinson. How are you? Hello. I'm doing great today. How are you, Kyle? I'm doing fantastic, and I realized halfway through that... That last week we talked we talked about me like th- throwing p- part of that introduction to you, <laughs> and I was like, I'm saying the things I think I was supposed to tell her to say. Um, so <laughs> I'm I'm just gonna keep going with this and then make myself look like an idiot afterwards. No, that's <laughs> fine. So we will g- 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 get there. Uh, so it's not just me <laughs> to doing the introduction every single t- t- time, and you guys don't get sick of my voice. <laughs> that being said, uh, how was your week? What have you been up to? Ah, oh, week was pretty good. Oh, I worked a lot. I read a lot. That's pretty much how most of my weeks go. There you go. Sounds like a g- good week then. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's, uh, for me, E3 j- just started. Yes. I, you you perked up and got excited at, at that. Are you are you much of a video game player? No, but I know <laughs> what E3 is and what it means to people, and I like this just atmosphere that is around it's when so E3 much happens. It, like it gets me ready for San Diego Comic Con next month. Yeah, yeah, it's so much fun to me. Um, I like I I'll sit there and I'll live tweet all of the conferences and stuff like that mm-hmm. um we're recording this the weekend it started so today is sunday the whatever the hell it is uh tenth? the 10th yeah so yesterday ea had their first conference uh, and that was the one that started it off uh today is microsoft and bethesda so i'm excited for that but that's not really what we're here to be talking about though <laughs> So what, We're here what, to talk about something very different. <laughs> yes, very, very d- 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 different. Still a lot of fun, though. Mm-hmm. Um, what are we talking about this week, Melissa? We are talking about the Mel Brooks comedy classic Young Frankenstein. I gave you Indie. a selection of... Yes, I gave you a selection of Father's Day-themed pitches. Like, I gave you uh, a movie about fathers, which was a goofy movie. Yes. Uh, This movie, which was my favorite movie my dad showed me when I was a little kid, and the John Wicks, which my dad is currently (laughs) obsessed with. And you went with this one, and you said you had never seen it before. I haven't. This was my first time watching it. (laughs) I've I've seen a couple movies from Mel Brooks, uh, usually the ones that I think are, like, most people know about i've seen space balls i've seen blazing saddles men in tights you know stuff like that Uh, Mm -hmm. but i haven't seen this one yet well i i i I have now but uh (laughs) yeah first first time i was really excited that i could be the dad to you and like show you (laughs) this fantastic comedy building block so what did you think about it i i really liked it i it wasn't as funny as I was expecting but <laughs> it was very enjoyable and I, I think that's that's kind of what I was hoping for it to, mm-hmm. to be like I I know Mel, Mel Brooks like his kind of humor 
There's a lot, a lot of stupid stuff. There's a lot of like mm-hmm. sexual in innuendo, and that stuff is mm-hmm. in in this. Um, but I, th- there weren't as many like punchlines to it. It was more a spoof yeah. on on like previous Frankenstein m- 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 movies and books and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. So he, he he's just kind of having fun playing around in that. He's not there to actually like, hey, we're we're just gonna do like punchline after punchline and stuff like that so i i really enjoyed it um i i i think it's it's what like an hour and a half ish it's i think an hour 45 pretty short um yeah which nowadays you know that's kind of unheard of for movies (laughs) that that it's that short um but yeah i mean you, you can eat dinner or something while watching it and have a good time watch it with some friends or family i think it was made in the Mm -hmm. 70s like mid 70s and it holds up really well yeah and i always forget that the movie is set in the 70s like gene wilder is coming from contemporary 1970s and then he goes over to transylvania and it's all archaic yeah. It's all like late 1800s and I forgot that wasn't the time period of the entire film. <laughs> it's it's kind of cool because I mean I, I I haven't seen like Spaceballs or B- Blazing Saddles recently. Um but I, I just from what I remember I always kind of figured Mel Brooks's style of comedy to be very like it's it's not based on pop culture. It's very, very mm-hmm. much based on human interaction and just like the misunderstandings uh, yeah. that that happen there. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I think it it has this very timeless feel. Like it's it's still fun yes. to watch this old movie from the seventies, where as something as beloved as Star Wars, like we can watch the original of that and be like, well, it's a good movie, but it's d- doesn't really <laughs> hold up to today's standards if you know what yeah. i mean you know um so mm-hmm. yeah it's it's it was an interesting and fun watch yeah you mentioned that this was the favorite movie that you your dad showed you <laughs> this is kind of our father's day episode yeah um which is why you you pitched this one mm-hmm. um Tell me about that. What was the experience like of like having him show you this for the first time? I was pretty young. I think I was somewhere between like 8 and 11. And we watched it with my younger brother who is like, he would have been somewhere between like, I don't know, 7 to 10, I okay. guess. So we were pretty little kids. And every night while we watched dinner... Oh, this had to have been when we had a, a DVD player. I think we watched this on DVD. Wow, what ancient technology. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember when we got our first DVD player. It might have been about 2001, 2002 even. I don't know. Anyway, we were pretty little <laughs> kids, and every night he would show us like a half-hour chunk of a movie while we ate dinner. Huh. And so slowly over the course of the week, we would absorb an entire movie. He'd be like, okay, kids, it's time for you to see... Um, the Three Amigos. Over this week, we were watching The Three Amigos, and you can learn this piece of comedy history. <laughs> That's awesome. But sometimes, like, on the weekends, he would sit us down and be like, okay, kids, watch this. Which was 
a really good thing he did. Looking back on my childhood, I'm so glad there were times when dad was like, you guys have to see this thing. And this was one of those movies, and... Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now, well... Yeah. Now, now I, I have quotes from three amigos running <laughs> yeah. through my head. Because that was also something yeah. that my dad showed me. He's like, oh, you Aww. have to watch three amigos. So, <laughs> it was good. Yeah, this, this was my favorite. This and Little Shop of Horrors. Okay. But. Gotcha. <laughs> that's good so you've uh how how many times have you seen it since then oh boy um i've seen it a couple times since then i watched this two years ago when a local theater was doing a production of the stage musical and so this movie was still like fairly fresh in my mind but i'm like there's enough in here i can always revisit it okay and this seems like a cool thing to show kyle and to talk about sounds good to me <laughs> Yeah, and I accidentally gave us the second, like, body black and white comedy film we've done in, like, six weeks. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, it's in b- black and white. I didn't realize it was that old. <laughs> no, it, I, I, I think this is another one where he did it in black and white on purpose. I mean, it was mm-hmm. mid... I, when did color start to come into films that's something i have no idea when that happened um, maybe oh, we the, should the, the f- use the internet <laughs> dr yeah. internet help us out let's see um, what is the oldest besides yeah and did well there's they... wizard of oz yeah so at least since wizard of oz times i feel i feel like it was different <laughs> for tv though like i, I remember that mm. being something that they showed on tv and it was colorized and then put on tv uh like like the the color version first aired on tv if i'm not mistaken really i think so i I, if if i'm wrong i have no idea why let's see many additive (laughs) color one no that's color photography don't give me that shit um color motion picture film wikipedia don't fail me now First mm-hmm. both exposed color photographic film, blah, blah, blah. The first color cinematography uh, systems patented in 1989, tested in 1902, blah, blah, blah. I don't think that's really going to give me a <laughs> definite answer unless I actually read the whole article. But That's no fun. But I, yeah, I mean, I like, it, it, it seemed like... Because mid... I feel like some of the other things I've seen from that time period were in color. Like, Star Wars wasn't that long after this. Um, like, I, I, I feel like color was around. So I, I'm imagining that this was a choice by Mel Brooks, especially be- oh, yeah. because of the, like, horror stuff that he's kind of playing off of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just, like, those old... Dracula and Frankenstein movie, like all of the, those ones were in black and white. So, yeah, it's part of the uh, stylistic pastiche of the entire thing. Pastiche. And something I wrote down. Yeah. <laughs> and something I wrote down in my notes is that this movie is just pure concentrated, pure concentrated trope 
Like, from yeah. beginning to end. Yeah. It's like, this is the most gothic horror anything can be. This is the most, like, body vaudeville comedy anything can be. And we're <laughs> putting them all together. Like, everything is the height. Everything has, like, it's a black and white movie, but the saturation is turned up 100%. Yeah. <laughs> metaphorically speaking. Yep, it certainly is. Um... So I, I think we're about to dive into this. Uh, so if you have not seen the movie yet, Young Frankenstein, uh, go go watch that now. Go yes. do that. It is a lot of fun. Um, you mentioned you saw it when you were really young. There is a couple yeah. sexual innuendo <laughs> things in there, but I'm boy howdy yes. I'm pretty sure a kid that age, it's gonna go over their head most of it. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's 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 a fairly good family family film, except for a couple moments. But uh, you can kind of see them coming too. So there you go. No pun intended. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, but um, anyways, we are about to dive into that. So go watch it. Come back here, and we will dive in. That is your your chance. There you go. Um, what did you want to ta- ta- talk about this movie first? Did you have something in mind that you were like, hey, there, there was this really cool thing that they did here. Let's talk about that. <laughs> I think this movie stands out in my head as being an important comedy building block when I was a little kid. Okay. Like, I feel like if you give a little kid Young Frankenstein, a bunch of Simpsons episodes, and some Far Side comics, like that's a very good starter set for them understanding the comedy, basics yeah. of what comedy is. Yeah, and so I'm curious what it is like for somebody just watching this now Far as side. an adult, where every <laughs> like f- flashback memories of comics my dad had too. <laughs> yes. So what is this like watching this for the first time as an adult when um, every, everything you're seeing you have already seen? Like, nothing here is fresh. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Like, it, it I, 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 I mentioned that I think Mel Brooks has a certain style um, that uh, is, is, like, it, it just... Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know, I think you nailed it when you said this is, like, pure tropes. Like, that's mm-hmm. all it is. And he just cranks it up to 11. And I think that's that's kind of why it's so funny. Um, and, like, he, he, like he's... It, it's, it's, it's a different type of comedy. It's not, it's not the punchline. It's not like, hey, here's, a, like, a snappy one-liner thing that he does. But he... Mm-hmm. he, he plays on situational comedy a lot and it it is those those situations those those types of characters um that it like he he takes and he knows how to just distill them down into what they need to be and it's really funny um like you we, we we open up with uh Gene Hackman's 
character. Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder. Gene Hackman is in this movie. But, yeah, Gene Wilder. Excuse me. I should know that. And he's a college professor. And he's talking about some, like, preserving life and stuff like that and there's this one student who's just like but didn't your grandfather actually <laughs> like talk about like raising the dead and reanimating dead tissue and he's like he's having this kind of crisis of conscious like with this student of just like i am not my grandfather i am dr frankenstein not frankenstein yep. you know and, and I think that's the first joke in the movie, like, I counted, because the movie starts with, like, the long, slow credits and, you know, peering yeah. up at this big gothic castle, and you see, like, the original Dr. Frankenstein in his coffin, like, clutching, like, a, a book of records or something like that, and it takes six minutes in this movie to get to the first joke. First verbal joke. Yes. Yeah, because they're, like, the, I, I guess after the credits the first scene we do see is dr frankenstein the original one in the Mm. coffin and there's the dude like trying to take the book out of his hands and it won't it it won't budge so he's like it takes like two minutes for him to get this book you know (laughs) um but yeah the first verbal joke they're they're like uh dr frankenstein and he's like frankenstein (laughs) my name is frankenstein Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it's, it's stuff like that where he's, he's kind of the scientist who's trying to not, uh, like not be who his grandfather was, who's also a scientist, but they, they have like opposite viewpoints on what science is or what they should focus on. And mm-hmm. down the road that completely changes, you know, um, and and so it's it's the trope of like the mad scientist. It's the trope of the like I am not my my past or I am not my father. Mm-hmm. It's not the sins of the father type of the type of thing. And then he's this like he he also has this like short tempered charm. Yes. To 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 him, um, which is kind of goes along with the mad scientist but he knows he's genius and super smart Mm -hmm. and he's like i am better than all of you look i am a scientist okay and i am doing my own thing (laughs) so it's good he's got so much ego but i also like how he can so quickly be knocked off guard like when he first meets igor yeah. he's like it's pronounced igor and he's like <laughs> he's just fucking is with it him. <laughs> like he's very genuinely innocent and puzzled some of the times like he's not always very short tempered it's only like when he is being challenged yeah i mean that 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 scene was good cuz i i i igor is completely just fucking with him <laughs> yeah he's like oh igor good to meet you oh it's igor <laughs> <laughs> just just after he had that whole spiel of it's frankenstein <laughs> so yeah it's um i i, I think as an adult, I, I, I guess to, <laughs> I guess that was a long-winded way to answer your mm-hmm. 
question. I think as an adult, uh, yeah, I, I think this movie, it, it still hits, still, still, still hits. It still makes sense. I mm-hmm. think it's still watchable, um, despite I, I think for maybe younger people, this might, you know, might be really old to them. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, 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 it amazes me. I, I guess I'm starting to sound like a broken record now, but it, it just, it amazes me how well Mel, how well Mel Brooks's comedy still works. Mm-hmm. Because it's so just simple and repetitive, but it and it's ju- juvenile in like a way that knows that it's juvenile. Like it's silly, yeah. And it's the sort of silliness that yeah feels timeless. Yeah, we're we're gonna make a fart j- joke. We're gonna make a dick j- joke. You know, we're we're gonna we're gonna make some some like offhanded like slapstick wasn't mm-hmm. your hump on the other side like <laughs> it keeps switching back and forth yeah. you know and stuff like that is like why i'm so glad my dad showed this to me even though i was probably too young to watch it and my younger brother was definitely too young to watch it but it's it really it hits a kid so well because it is so just simple and silly yeah but then when it gets into the adult realm of stuff it's not like it's not vulgar it's body and that's different and I think this is a really good introduction for, like, a younger person to more adult realms of comedy because it's giving to it to you in, like, such a simple package. Like, when Dr. Frankenstein is talking about how, you know, the creature to, like, have all this energy coursing through its body to stand up to all that has to be, like, seven feet tall. And his assistant makes the joke of, like, oh, if the creature's that big, it has to have, like, a giant dick. But yeah. she ha- uses some, like nonsense german term for it yeah like you still get that as a kid and because it's wrapped up in this silly little package <laughs> of just nonsense words and then just gene wilder just nodding and the, saying the, the, they both just like well, it's, st- it goes without st- saying. stopping and thinking yeah. like yeah it would yeah, be wouldn't yeah. it <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like oh when like igor is knocking on the door and then Dr. Frankenstein says, oh, what knockers? And then the assistant's like, oh, oh thank, thank you, you doctor. <laughs> like, it's just a couple steps above Animaniacs. <laughs> yeah. So after you've seen Animaniacs and you're Which ready for something a little a bit k- more advanced, show. you can watch this. Yeah. <laughs> and there are s- some very inappropriate <laughs> jokes in Animaniacs and, like, yeah. Pinky and the Brain stuff. Which I think... Animaniacs, at least, was directed in part by Steven Spielberg. Yeah, Ridiculous. he was a producer of that whole series. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's it as 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 you were saying that made me think, uh, like in comparison to Shakespeare, this is like the complete mm-hmm. opposite. Like Shakespeare, as as like filled with sexual in innuendo his work was he was often very sly and sophisticated about it like yes. he he would work in all of these like double and triple meanings and stuff like that whereas this is just like the very baseline yeah. bottom of the barrel like we're yeah. going to make a c- 
a comment about knockers and the the one like woman who's there is like oh thank you you know (laughs) it's just like well come on you guys like (laughs) you you couldn't be any more blatant (laughs) yeah yeah and it's simple and it's blatant but it's never lazy like there's so much craftsmanship that went into this movie like i've heard it said before that even if you take all the jokes out and it's such a great comedy and there's great jokes but if you take just the Frankenstein aspects of it, it's still a really strong film. Yeah. And it's directed so well and so lovingly towards this gothic horror genre. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I think one of the scenes that kind of surprised me was uh, when they lock him up in the cell and they... Uh, young dr frankenstein goes in the cell with with Mm -hmm. him and there is some comedy moments the thing when he first like gets locked in the cell with him Mm -hmm. and he you know he's he's sitting there like i'm 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 gonna go in there and fix him and i won't stop until he's fixed you know and he goes in there and almost immediately he's like let me out oh my god let me out (laughs) you know um (laughs) But but yeah, like he has this moment where he's he's like, look, like we just need to teach him love. We need we need to teach him about love and like what it's like to be loved and give love. And that's kind of it. It doesn't like it has this like idea and message behind it of like it doesn't matter who who you are, how much. Yeah. Of a monster, either you think you are or other people think you are. Like, if, if you mm-hmm. are kind, if you are loving, like, you can yeah. connect with a- anyone, you know? Mm-hmm. And, it, like, in the midst of a almost slapstick comedy, that's like, oh, okay. That's a good little message you have there, you know? Yeah, and this is a sarcastic movie, but it's not mean-spirited. It's not like right. Igor and Victor hate each other. Like, they've just got, like, a... Igor is just playfully, you know, he's got playful animosity that's just because he's goofing around and having fun. He doesn't hate anyone, and I think that is nice. Yeah. I don't know if Igor actually did hate him. Yeah, yeah. Well, you you mentioned that there was some kind of animosity there, and I was like, I don't know he's, if it's, it's actually animosity. He's just, yeah, he's really just there to be like, oh, look at this big scientist guy. I'm just going to kind of... he's all that, yeah. Yeah, I'm just going to ruffle his feathers a little bit. Ma- just make fun of him. There's, It's full of gentle ribbing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um because <laughs> when we first made him, we mentioned the scene where he he even fucks with him. He's like, no, it's pronounced Igor. Uh, mm-hmm. And then yeah, there's like he moves the hump from side to you know from side to side in different scenes, and it sounds like it's made of wood and it's hollow, but we don't ever really find out what it is, you know. Um, and there's a joke like that in Robin Hood Men in Tights where the evil count or the evil prince or whoever it is has like a mole on his face uh-huh. and every time you see him the mole it's has moved different. to another part of his face yeah. <laughs> and finally someone calls him out on it like your mole was in a different place right and he just stares at the guy and he's like i have a mole yeah like what do you mean <laughs> like these are both <laughs> and i like that it's the same joke but mel brooks did like 
the just blindsided, completely innocent version of it in this movie, and then the real sly, like, I don't know what you're talking about version of it in this movie. Yeah. Like, it's the simplest premise, but he found different things to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because, like, I, I, I really liked Igor as a character. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think he, he was the one that was just there to kind of witness it all and have fun. Yeah. Um, Whereas, yeah, he's supposed to kind of be the caretaker and the servant kind of thing. Um, but again, he mentions, he was like, yeah, my 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 great-grandfather was the servant to your great-great-grandfather. So I'm not really supposed to like you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but then, like, when he's, when he's like, f- flipping the switches while they're all downstairs, he's, like, singing and dancing to him and himself and stuff like that. He's just having a good time, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think he's he's probably to me one one of the more fun characters to watch in yeah in this f- f- film. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what about you? Did 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 you have a favorite character that you thought stole the 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 screen when they were on there? Uh, Madeline Kahn is a legend for a very good reason, and she's not in this movie very often. She's Victor's uh, fiance. I forget her actual name because I just call her Madeline Kahn the whole time. Okay, she's she doesn't have a lot of screen time, but she's such an electric force every time she's there. <laughs> and then I also I loved Inga, the lab assistant, because there's a lot of long stretches of time where she's not saying anything, like it's Victor doing like scientific exposition and all that. But she, she never like just drops. Like she's when she's not saying anything, she's still performing. She's still looking like very actively interested. She's always actively listening, she and it's just such a great silent performance a lot of well. the time. Yeah, yeah, she's so fun. I, yeah, I really like the female characters in this movie. I liked how they've got sex on the brain just as much as the male characters do. Like they're never lagging behind. They're never like. Oh, oh, sex? They're like, no, no, I'm thinking about that, too. Like, I'm a couple steps ahead of you, actually, <laughs> yeah. probably. <laughs> yeah, all of them are very confident, and I really liked that. Yeah. Um, they, they they were both a lot of fun to watch, because I, I think after we get the whole, like, I'm a mad scientist thing, I'm not my mm-hmm. grandfather, he gets this, like, notification of the will that you're going to have to go to Transylvania, but while they're at the the train station, they have that like detective noir kind of like Casablanca loves love scene where he's trying to kiss her or like hug her or like show his his affection, Mm -hmm. but she's like, oh no 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 no, not on the lips. I just put lipstick on and I have a party to go to and I don't want (laughs) to get it smeared. And then he's like trying to hug her and he's like ah the coat is like very sense sensitive and can wrinkle you know and then he wants to like hold her hand and he goes oh my nails you know don't 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 touch my nails <laughs> yeah and she just like that that t- to me i think was the first joke in there that struck as really really modern like mm-hmm. having 
and and this is not to like belittle women or anything like that but mm-hmm. having that that type of comedy where a where it's a yeah. woman who's all about her looks and her like her vi- 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 vanity right mm-hmm. it like th- that's kind of something i expect to see today like in uh-huh. in in a bad comedy that i p- probably wouldn't go watch right and so to to, <laughs> to to see that in a movie this old is like wow like that like that kind of c- comedy was around back then and it, it was just like whoa what i like they're they're just like they're just like me well how, who who are these people yeah and i love how it's just a comedy of bad timing like she's got that party to go to that night and she's already all dressed up for the party and this is this blockade yeah. to the, what would otherwise be like a big romantic love scene she's like no i cannot be touched yeah and at the end they just like tap their elbows <laughs> yeah, they against like... each other which, which is but really it's... funny because that's exactly <laughs> what i do when i have like food on my fingers or something yes! and someone wants yes! like a high five i'm like uh, uh i guess i can't really t- t- yeah. touch with my hands bump elbows you know <laughs> <laughs> so like and i g- 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 go ahead and i also love the bit where she's like they're very sincere with each other she's yeah. not trying to brush him off i like that the love they have for each other is it's shallow but it's very sincere in that shallowness yeah and, like, they really like each other, and they really wish the best for each other. And when they have uh, broken up at the end of the movie, it's not a big deal. They're like, okay, I understand you found something better. So did I. Best of luck out there. Yeah. I like how amicable they are with each other. And I love the bit where she's like, you're amazing. You have had something I've always wanted to tell you. Finally, I have the words to, like, express my love. And she looks at him, and she just says, you got it, mister. Yeah. Which is something that works so well as a joke, but also like, oh, that's a really good unconventional romantic statement. <laughs> You're swell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's um, I, 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 I think that first scene at the train station really, like, to to me, it made the movie a lot more interesting. Because I, yeah. I, I, I guess I always have this stigma in my mind when I'm watching older movies that people are still in theater mode. Like, like <laughs> uh-huh. m- movies haven't become what I know them as movies today. It's yeah. still like, hey, this is a theatrical play, but we're just, we're just filming it, right? So everyone is overacting, they're over-exaggerating mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And yeah, to see them being like, uh, well, I guess I can't really touch you. Let's bump <laughs> yeah. elbows, you know, like that, that made it that much more interesting to me because it seemed mm-hmm. like they, they weren't actually acting. It's like, that's what I do normally. Yeah. So I like, yeah. I, I, I could relate to them a lot more. Here's this guy who's supposed to be this mad scientist who's bumping elbows with his girlfriend, mm-hmm. you know? just like it's 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 the stupidest thing but it's like i i can kind of connect to that you know yeah and there's just so many incredible performances in this movie like everyone's really at the top of their game and just gene wilder going between screaming and just like this sort of polite befuddlement like 
now I now I don't pronounce my name Froderick. Like yeah, just the why, the why spectrum of everything that? he's doing. Oh. His 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 performance did th- th- throw me off every now and again mm. when he did go into his like scientific monologues, and it was just him <laughs> like yelling and stuff like that. Because I I, I I guess to go off of what I ju- I ju- I ju- I, ju- I just said, mm-hmm. that seemed more like the theatrical. I'm performing to an audience who's watching me, yeah. and the person in the back might not be able to hear me if I don't speak up. So I'm yeah, going to speak really loud and science, you know? Yeah, and th- that's more of like the old gothic horror pastiche element y- yeah. of this movie. And I am glad it's there, that it's not just like a thin... It We didn't just layer gothic horror over this like it's an Instagram filter or something. Like, we're really soaking this in old gothic horror tropes and he he would ramp up to get into that too it it wouldn't just like you know go on like that Mm -hmm. he would kind of slowly and then science and you could see like he was starting starting to think and then just more and more and then yes i can do this i can bring him back (laughs) to life you know (laughs) so it was good but i mean it, it, it it like i i enjoyed it but i it was just it was one of those weird things to me where it's like i i could connect with you bumping elbows with your girlfriend but as soon as you started to get into this like hyperbolic monologue then it was just like okay now i'm watching an old movie again you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it was good you um you mentioned an interesting point and actually it's something that i kind of wanted to talk about yeah. Um, y- y- the idea that the women in this film, I think there's really only two for the most part, and I don't think they ever yeah. really talk either, yeah, which is Frau unfortunate. Doesn't, no, there, yeah, there's three. Yeah, doesn't three. do a ton of stuff. She's, I saw the um, stage musical of this a couple of years ago, which is really fun, and she's got more to do in that, and okay. like all the ladies have got these big, big show-stopping numbers that are just so much fun to see if you have the opportunity to see this musical live it's a good time cool good 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 to know good to know Mm -hmm. um but you you mentioned the idea that these women also had sex on the brain and they were kind of one or two steps ahead Mm -hmm. of the the, the guys um like how did you feel about that because like i i i think Knowing Mel Brooks's type of comedy, I was expecting some kind of innuendo. We mentioned that mm-hmm. it's still kind of baseline, like it's not very sophisticated sexual yeah. <laughs> humor. Um, but then, yeah, like we we do get a scene when the Frankenstein monster basically <laughs> rapes yeah. the, the the one g- 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 girl. That's but, that's rough, and like I can kind of see an aspect of it where like she's a big flirt and that's something that comes up a little bit more in the stage play that she's like a big flirt about stuff but she plays sort of hard to get or like she plays like she's a good girl for the sake of her like rich girl reputation Uh and so there's an element of yes i'll sleep with you but okay don't act like it's that easy like i've got a reputation to uphold but yeah, it doesn't, you can kind of see it, but it doesn't really come through. 
Yeah, that's that's a rough spot. Well, I, I I I think it might even just be like to today and like what mm-hmm. kind of comedy and what's acceptable today, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Where it's like something like that scene probably wouldn't go over so well, but mm-hmm. even then, like they're making j- j- jokes, and she, she, like I mean, I guess I can't really speak for her, but she basically sees his dick and is like, "Well, you know what? Let's do this." Because <laughs> uh, yeah. like they make the they make the jokes like, "Oh, well, he must have a really big dick," you know earlier on and then there's the scene where he basically whips whips it out and i mean you 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 can't see it but you can see her face just being like oh god like don't you know don't hurt me don't hurt me Uh, oh hello (laughs) like how are you Yeah. (laughs) yeah it's yeah it's a weird scene but i do like the general tone of these women in this movie being just real up for stuff just real enthusiastic and aware of their sexuality yeah. and very confident in it. And I like that. Yeah. But so, so with that, that one kind of rapey scene, like how did that make you feel watching it? If, if, if Ugh. I can ask that. Uh, like I'd forgotten that part from when I was a little kid. Like I just remember, I remember the very end of it. When like he boinks her and then she starts singing opera. Yeah, which that that, <laughs> like, that only... happened on multiple occasions too. Like all the women I only remember... sang. Yeah. Like I, I mean, that hasn't happened in my experience, but uh, you yeah. know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I only remembered the punchline. I didn't remember the setup, and I'm like, oh, that's that's a rough setup to get to. What I think is a decent punchline. Yeah. Like, oh, that's, I think that's, like, the one spot in this movie where it really shows its age. Like, oh, you you should not have done that. It's not like, oh, I'm uncomfortable. It's just like, oh, darn. This makes it, like, a little bit tougher for me to, like, show this movie to other people. Like, it's great. There was this one part for, like, 30 seconds, but the rest of it's great. Yeah, you can kind of fast forward it and just be like, well, they fuck. And then moving yeah, on. Uh, we'll <laughs> yeah, we'll essentially say that. Yeah, so. yeah it, it's 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 a really st- strange scene. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I, <laughs> like I, I guess, whoops, I might have had some technical difficulty here on my oh. end. Hold on a sec. Let me see. Monitor on. Okay, I'm going to keep talking talking yeah it's a strange scene like i i I think in in the back of my mind i'm 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 also like it's because i'm my mind is in the gutter most of the time i'm like wouldn't wouldn't it hurt if it was that big yeah come on guy like yeah you know (laughs) it's just like this like i i can understand wanting to make a joke but at the same time guys let's be real here come on like that wouldn't be fun <laughs> mm-hmm. so it's 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 an awkward scene but uh i don't know like you like you said i, I think the the punchline the i just the idea that they just it, like start singing and it's this mm-hmm. like blissful euphoric <laughs> thing. like that's an inter- interesting way to portray that and it's kind of funny yeah and it's not like 
it's not so much a commentary on, uh, like, a, it's not like a battle of the sexes thing. It's not like a big dick can solve all of your problems, ladies, sort of thing. It's not about general men and women interactions. It's really just about Frankenstein. Like, have you really sat down and thought about Frankenstein and thought about how giant he is and thought about how giant all the parts of him are? Like, it's such a specific <laughs> joke. That, like, would not, like, this is the one place it like, could be. That's not a joke, like, that's not a general joke. You couldn't throw something like that in, like, Blazing Saddles or whatever, because it doesn't belong there. It belongs to Frankenstein. Yeah. Like, it's it's the kind of thing you would you, you would think about and joke around with when you're hanging out with your yeah. best f- f- friend, it's, it's... and it's, like, it's past stupid a, a clock, yeah. and you're like, ah, hi, are you? Or you're j- 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 drunk and you're sitting there. Do you ever think about Frankenstein? <laughs> nah, man. Do you? Yeah. You ever think about just how big he is? Yeah, it's weird, man. Yeah, his dick would be really big. <laughs> what it is, I just figured this out. What it is is the man of steel, woman of tissue thing where... I know this is referenced in Clerks, and I don't know if Kevin Smith himself actually wrote it or not, but the idea that if Superman is so powerful, he must ejaculate at a rate that Lois Lane's body could not take? Probably. Have you heard this His muscles are that strong. Yes, yes! So it's like the Frankenstein version of that. Yeah. Yep. Like how I picked this, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm going to pick this movie my dad showed me when I was a kid. And I told my brothers, like, oh, you know that great movie dad showed us when we were Thanks, kids? Dad. I'm talking about this. And I'm like, uh, here's um, here's a very dick-centric episode. Yeah. <laughs> Inspired by my family. <laughs> no. Um... Funny stuff. Like, but this is uh, this is, I think, exactly what Mel Brooks would want out of the discussion of his his movies. Like, this yeah. is what he would be about. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, yes, this is it. Keep talking. Keep going. Tell me more about you've Superman. Got a point. You've got a good point. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> good stuff. I want. I want to talk about. The musical scene, because I think when I pitched this to you last week, I was like, oh, my dad got me into comedy, he got me into sci-fi, and he got me into musicals, and this movie's got a little bit of all of that. Did you, did you know about the putting on the Ritz scene? Had you heard of that, or had that come, was that a complete surprise to you when you were watching this movie? (laughs) So how was that? How was that twist for you? That was amazing. (laughs) It really is. It was fantastic. Um... Because he, he's, like, he's doing his mad scientist thing, like, walk forward, walk backward. You have seen him do the compulsory, you know, this and that. But now you must enter quietly into genius. And and the lights yes. go out, and then they come back on, and they're both in top hats and tuxedos. They start singing and dancing. It's great. I'm just like this is uh, this is amazing. Um, I I will say in in a kind of similar aspect, 
how did you feel? Because, like, I... I mean, I, I, I don't even know if this is, like, politically correct to say, not that our politics are correct, but, uh, mm-hmm. j- j- like, to me, like, F- Frankenstein is this monster, right? He's this thing uh-huh. that no one understands. And I think seeing him kind of talk or try to sing in, in that aspect for some reason really reminded me of someone who was autistic or couldn't speak or um just just someone who's not not i I don't even know like maybe someone who's mentally handicapped yeah i I, I don't know if that's the best way to put it but i like as as funny as that scene is, it kind of had that that same aspect of that like almost rapey scene. It's like, well, he's kind of raping her, but she's also kind of in, uh, into it. Like she changes her mind. Yeah. It's like, okay, you know what? Actually, let's do this. And this scene is kind of the same thing, where it's like it's a funny gag where he's having this monster, you, you know, sing and dance. But at the same time, it's kind of this awkward like. Ew, he's kind of making this, you know, this p- p- person sing and dead dance, and you can tell it's 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 really awkward for for him, and he's just you yeah. Know. <laughs> and the I don't know. Frankenstein voice does unfortunately kind of sound like a bad joke impersonation really of does. somebody with a disability speaking, but then also like I don't know what else a Frankenstein would sound like. I think that's just how a Frankenstein yeah. sounds. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I definitely don't think that that's what he was going for. Like, right? Like, oh, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't think he's trying to c- c- comment on people mm. with some c- kind of disability or handicap or something like that. Um, but I, yeah, I, I again, it might just be today, like today's kind of political climate yeah. and just like that yeah, it is. probably wouldn't go over so well but i understand it and i understand yeah. the c- c- comedy behind it like it's actually really funny yeah. but at the same time i also have this other thought in my mind too yeah like i think it was innocently made but like it nowadays it just reminds you of too many other things that were not innocently made yeah which is kind of unfortunate <laughs> you know yeah so, I don't know. It, mm-hmm. it it's it's good though. It it reminded me. Um, I think it was also in Spaceballs, when they're they make fun of Alien when they're at the when Han Solo or the the guy who's supposed Lone to be Star. yeah Lone Star he's at the diner, and yeah. and the guy next to him has like is starting to have the like heart attack from it. aliens and the little monster pops out and he's like hello my baby hello my darling hello my ragtime gal (laughs) he goes full michigan j frog yes yeah it's great and it's just like like i like i it it might have been another instance of that same thing where he where mel brooks is let's have this kind of almost like horrific surreal moment End yeah. in song and dance, and that's the gag, 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 and it's yeah, just and a different situation. Who, yeah, and this is the guy who made the producers, which is a story about 
yeah, that confluence between like big show stopping musical numbers and very dark, uncomfortable things. Like the musical within a musical is called Springtime for Hitler. <laughs> Which I mean is is in a weird way I think comedy can kind of broach those t- topics and mm-hmm. obviously here is uh, us like we're sitting here t- 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 talking about it and I think that's what good art d- d- does mm-hmm. whether you like it or not or you agree with it or not if you if it can spark conversation like it's done its purpose right and I, I think the idea of like even court jesters having to be the bearer of bad news to the king because they could make it funny like there's Mm -hmm. this idea of like you can kind of pair comedy and topics that are real touchy and real Mm -hmm. and sometimes it'll work sometimes it won't sometimes it's kind of in between where it's like i see what you were going for but it didn't really land exactly like I think you wanted it to, you know, or something like where, well, maybe today it doesn't really hold up. Um, but I, I, I think that's that's an interesting kind of place of discussion of where stuff like that can fall. So, I mean, mm-hmm. are, 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 are you big into comedy, like stand-up stuff or... Ah. Is that I, I'm I'm not big in in show it, but I listen to a number of podcasters mm-hmm. yeah. who are into to it, and so they'll always talk about about it and stuff like that. Yeah, my um, I do like some stand up. My comedy experience is more with just improv. Like I love a Christopher Guest movie. I love comedy, Bang Bang, okay, Spontanea Nation. I'm listening to that a lot. I have a lot of comedy podcast experience more than like comedy in other forms. Gotcha. Like you've mentioned Seinfeld a lot of times and I don't have a great familiarity with Seinfeld. I've got some big comedy blind spots. I don't know a lot about SNL. There's I either don't know something or I really know something. Yeah. That's how it works these days, most of the t- mm-hmm. t- time. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it, like, it, I I enjoyed that scene for the most part, but I, I mm-hmm. g- guess it's one of those things. Like, digging a little J-Haper, it yeah. might not be the, the best of scenes na- nowadays. Mm-hmm. Uh, to add that I little think, I think it plays there. well as, like, it's so wonderfully executed. Like, it's a very well-done scene. The way it's choreographed. Yeah. Just, like, the full heart and believability that Gene Wilder and Peter Boyle put into that musical number. And the fact that it comes out of nowhere. Yep. Ah, uh, I think it's, yeah, there's some parts of it that, like, oh, like, the world has advanced around this scene and this scene is like a weird little bug trapped in amber, and you can make a dinosaur out of it, a big scary dinosaur. Or you could just look at it like, boy, what a beautiful bug trapped in amber. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, did, did, did you have any other, like, favorite scenes or favorite moments in the film, or, like, favorite gags? I love when they find the book that the senior Frankenstein has written and it's just called How I Did It because that is such a 
like Simpsons joke before there was Simpsons. And I'm looking at something that other like comedy teams have gone on to work with and almost and like perfect to the point where even retroactively like everything reminds you of that. Like there were sign gags for decades before the Simpsons came along, but the Simpsons is so good at sign gags yeah. that even old sign gags will just remind you of like, "Oh yeah, that's like that thing I saw in Simpsons yeah. once." Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, there's so many great, like, individual jokes in this thing. Like the, oh, like the candles and the spinning bookcase and the game of charades where he's being choked by the monster for, like, two solid minutes yeah. where they have to play charades and they can't get to the word set-a-give. Set-a-give! Yeah, that oh, moment I... was fantastic. Afterwards, he's finally free and he's just like, set-a-give? Come on! Bastard. And, I, and I love the joke at like the very beginning of the movie where Gene Wilder is yelling at his science class and he's mm-hmm. talking about how uh, like the human, like the spinal, um, you know, like the brainstem, the brainstem like holds the whole body together. Like, yes, you have a heart. Yes, you have lungs. You have all of that. Nothing stands up to the power of the brain. And he says something like. If we didn't have our brains, like, pumping electricity through our body, we would collapse like a bunch of broccoli? (laughs) And I think about that line a lot in that there are so many other things he could have picked. Like, there are weaker foods than broccoli. You could have collapsed like a bunch of linguine, and that would have gotten the image across Like a wet noodle. Yeah, yeah, but it's broccoli, which is fairly sturdy as a food goes you can't it's hard to snap a broccoli in half if it's raw (laughs) but that's just such a specific thing to go for and i don't know if that joke would be as funny if he said anything else it's just the specificity and the absolute conviction just the absolute gene wilder shouts broccoli yeah and it's just how absurd it is it's It's like that doesn't really fit but okay yeah, yeah, he's absolutely certain in his convictions that if you don't have a brainstem, you collapse, like, broccoli specifically. Yeah. Um, I think, for me, one of the one of the funnier scenes was actually, like, the, the actual j- 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 joke wasn't all that mm-hmm. funny, but to, to see it in, in this movie just makes you realize how funny it was in the older mm-hmm. versions. Uh, when the like townsfolk are having their like town hating, and he's and the the one dude who's like, we can't trust him. He's a scientist, and you know what scientists (laughs) want to do? Take over the world. And they're like, yeah, we can't let that happen. Ah," You know. I love a good angry mob. An angry mob. It's that gang mentality. Yeah, and it's just like that's. They didn't have any other justification for it in the older versions, <laughs> did they? Like, you didn't even no. need to make that a joke. Like, that's literally a scene lifted, you know, from, <laughs> like, that, like, like those old, like, universal horror fa- films. Mm-hmm. It's like, like, that is the joke. The jo- 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 joke is that you didn't need to do anything <laughs> to it. <laughs> so, that... that that one was really funny to me. It was like, he, just by saying, like, they want to take over the world. <laughs> and I was like, they they, get com- they, get, they go completely mad and just like, pitchforks, let's get them. Mm-hmm. 
Ridiculous. Ridiculous. <laughs> Crazy stuff. Yeah, and this is a movie that is not quite as chock-a-block with jokes as you might expect. It's a little bit more slowly paced. It kind of parses out what the jokes are. Like, it's not punchline after punchline. A lot of the comedy comes from the absurdity and just the absolute, like, execution of the entire thing. And it's not... You're not constantly laughing, but this movie has just an overall atmosphere of being really funny because it's just so competent exactly and i i think that's kind of what i mentioned at the start like i I was expecting Mm -hmm. this more like punchline after punchline kind of thing and yeah it's it's a lot more paced out uh than it than it it actually is um which is nice I, i i think that makes it a lot more enjoyable and you don't get stuck on uh okay what's the next punchline shouldn't be like you're Mm -hmm. actually invested in what's happening here um so that's good that's good i i enjoyed it very much Mm -hmm. do you have any final things to say about (sighs) young frankenstein i know brooks yeah it kind of shows its age in a couple little parts that we talked about but overall i think it's got a great timeless quality to it yeah I'm really glad I saw it when I saw it. Like, if you have a precocious, mature, young adult, and you want to kind of give them a decent introduction into more adult realms of humor that you would like to show them, try this! I, like I said, I think it is a really good comedy building block, and I glad, I'm glad I had that when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think for me, mine was Spaceballs, which is admittedly yes. c- c- kind of a lot more sexual in in innuendo. And yeah, it's a lot goofier. Like this is like a past. This is like an homage. Spaceballs is a full up just spoof. It has a lot more like cuss words and stuff. Yeah, so yeah, I, I yeah. Really like RPM. Yeah, they're all assholes. Like, yeah. all, like everybody in the ship is part of one family, and the family's surname is Asshole. Is that correct? Yep, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it's it's good. I I recommend this one as well. Go mm-hmm. go check it out. Um, but we are about to get into pitches for next week. Yes. Before I do that, though, if you've been joining us on the live stream here. Thank you for checking it out. Yes, this is a live show. You can watch this every week. Uh, I think we've finally nailed down a time that we are going yeah. to be doing this week in and week out. Uh, Sunday mornings at noon Eastern time. Um, so if you guys are anywhere else, you might have to do a little bit of mathing mm-hmm. to figure out what time it is for you. Because I don't know all of those off the top of my head. But uh, noon Eastern t- 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 time every Sunday unless we tell you otherwise. Um, come on down to twitch.tv slash the whatnots, and you can watch it live with us. You can hang out in the chat and talk with us and give us your opinions on the stuff that we've been watching and talking about each week. Uh, that said, if you cannot make the, the live streams, that's A-OK. We put this up on YouTube and as a podcast a week later. Um, so yeah, you, you guys can watch this pretty much anywhere. That being said, let's get on to pitches for next week. It is my yes. turn. You, mm-hmm. you excited to hear what I have to pitch you this week? 
I have uh, two comic books in a movie, an animated okay. movie. Okay. Uh, comic number one is Department H, written by Matt mm. Kent. Um, and I, I remember when this book first started coming out, and it, was, it, it looked really, really cool. The cover is done in this kind of interesting watercolor style. Basically, it is an underwater murder mystery. (gasps) Mia is a special investigator hired to uncover possible sabotage taking place at a deep-sea research station. What she uncovers is a mind-blowing crime scene filled with suspects and terrible secrets, strange deep-sea creatures, and an impending flood. (gasps) And it's called department h uh and i i didn't put this together until like years after this book had come out but (laughs) department h spells depth and i felt really dumb for not figuring that out until like a year later i was like oh i get it (laughs) so is this a graphic novel or like how many how long is this um, let's see. I, I wanted to do, uh, volumes one and two. Uh, okay. I, I, I think there's more volumes than that. I don't know how many. I, I know there's at least three. Um, but I, I wanted to check that out. I know at least the first one is on Comixology Unlimited, uh, this month. Um, so if, if you guys have access to Comixology Unlimited, it is on there. Um, but yeah, it's it's one that like I I know I like crime mystery stuff mm-hmm. and kind of the added sci-fi aspect of like the underwater deep sea 20,000 leagues under the sea is kind of like ooh, interesting. So that's pitch number 1. Um pitch number 2 is almost a completely different c- c- kind <laughs> of c- comic book. It is a little indie book called The Backstagers. Mm. And this is, uh, let's see, I'll, I'll read the, the little thing here. Um, when Jory tr- transfers to an all-boys private high school, he's taken in by the only ones who won't treat him like a new kid, the lowly stage crew known as the Backstagers. Not only does he gain g- great lifetime f- f- friends, but J- Jory is also interested introduced to an entire magical world that lives behind the curtain uh with the unpredictable twists and turns of the underground world the backstagers venture into the unknown determined to put together the best play their high school has ever seen yeah um so i i wanted to do volumes one and two of this as well Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember how many issues of this there are. That might be the entirety of the thing, volumes oh. one and two. Um, at, at least that's what is out now, if I'm not mistaken. I heard rumors that they might be bringing it back, but don't quote me on that. Uh, but mm-hmm. but yeah, it, this is written by James Tinney in the Fourth and drawn by uh, Ryan. I believe it's pronounce Sai, but I do not know hmm. how to pronounce his last name. Um, his his or her. Um, but yeah, it's it seems really, really c- 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 cool, kind of in the same vein of like 
uh, like the Adventure Time c- kind of style cartoons, oh. stuff like that. Um, high school stage crew in their drama club. So should be a lot of fun, I think. That mm-hmm. should be cool. But my third stage, uh, or my, my third pick, not stage. Um, <laughs> I have stage on the brain. Uh, I was in the mood for some Miyazaki. So I wanted to pitch My Neighbor Totoro. Oh. Yes, which that one pretty much no one needs an introduction for that one. Because um, you've at least heard of the movie. It's one of Miyazaki's more famous and well-known and yes. well-recognized films. Um, but yeah, for some some reason, I was just like, you know what? It, it, it might be nice to watch a Miyazaki film this oh. this this week uh so i wanted to pitch that one um which according to wikipedia here for those of you who have been living under a rock and have not seen this <laughs> one um it tells the story of two young daughters of a professor and their interactions with a with friendly wood spirits in post-war mm-hmm. rural japan Miyazaki stuff is always really magical. The detail is always fant- fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah, like it, 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 they speak for themselves, basically. So, mm-hmm. there you go. Those are my three picks, all very different. Department H, yeah. an underwater <laughs> murder crime mystery thing. Backstagers, kind of cartoony. Uh, all about friendship, magical adventure uh, with the backstage crew at the high school drama club. And then my neighbor Totoro, little (laughs) girls and wood nymphs and spirits and all sorts of stuff. What are you in the mood for, Melissa? Your list just got progressively more innocent. (laughs) My neighbor Totoro is great. (laughs) I'm (laughs) seeing... I've seen it before. I really love it. Uh, the Backstagers is tempting because I do love high school theater. I never did it myself, but I had friends that did it, and I went to every high school play, and I was fascinated by the entire culture. Uh-huh. But I'm hankering for a crime. Like, after you like you pitched uh, Strangers in Paradise to me, like, telling me there was crime in it, and I was not disappointed but when i read it i'm like oh there's less mystery in this than i thought there might be so i still have that deep mystery hankering so i want to go with department h that sounds really cool sounds good to me department h uh i think both written and drawn by matt kent um okay yeah i'm i'm excited i don't think i've read anything by matt kent uh i know of some of his other work he has a, a book called mind management mind mgmt mm-hmm. um i've seen that on shelves but i have not dived into any of his work i don't think so this is p- pretty exciting yeah um yeah i don't mm-hmm. know i don't really know what to expect with this one so yeah, um, it just I'm sounds like interested it's not, I have not seen The Shape of Water, but it sounds like what I know about that, but if it was a crime mystery and not a romance 
Potentially. Potentially, yeah. <laughs> that that could could be it. Well, that's what we will be doing for next week. Join us, read along. Uh, again, if you have Comixology Unlimited, I believe the first volume of that um, is up on Comixology Unlimited for you to, to read. Uh, I don't know if the second volume is up there, but that's what we will be doing, the first and second volume of that. Um, so yeah, jo- join us next week. Thank you guys for jo- joining us and listening in. Go like, share, subscribe, retweet, tell a, f- a friend. Actually, here's something you guys can do. Here's here's ah. here's some homework for all of you guys. <laughs> Our YouTube page has 19 subscribers right now. We have, <laughs> and one of them is me. We have thousands <laughs> of followers on our Twitter, and we get a small but but fairly humble amount of downloads each week on our episodes go subscribe to our youtube page even if you don't normally listen to this show on youtube go go open up your youtube page you probably already have an account even if you don't know you have one um go search for the whatnots podcast and you can find us there and subscribe because that would help us out a lot second thing that would help us out like incredibly a lot as well um, we recently made it so that all of our podcasts now have their own separate feed on iTunes and wherever you get your podcasts. So, we had a p- previous incarnation of this show, and all of our I- iTunes reviews were on were on and about that previous incarnation. But we need some new ones. So if you like the rev- the review show, please go find the review the review show in iTunes or wherever else you get your podcast and leave us a review. Please, that would help us out so much. Um, you can t- t- type in the whatnots, and all of our podcasts will c- come up. Um, so p- please go do that because the more reviews we get, the more good r- 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 reviews we get. The better we do in the iTunes charts and the easier it is for people to find us. So mm-hmm. help us out because we need all the help we can get. And if you do in fact like this show, one last thing, you can head down to patreon.com slash the whatnots and give us your hard-earned money for just a dollar. You can get all of our episodes early. Um, we will have more stuff coming down 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 the road uh, but right now, you, you can get all you can get access to all of our episodes early. Uh, we should have some new shows starting up soon, so you you get more than four episodes each month. That's that's a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. So I mean, if you do the math, it's like l- l- less than twenty five cents per episode. We cost as much as a gumball. Yeah, yeah. If you like us just as much as you like gumballs actually actually you know what i <laughs> take that back because that might be a risk because i like gumballs you know uh, <laughs> um <laughs> people love their gumballs uh, no but yeah if, if if you guys want to support us we would absolutely love to have your support and patreon helps us out a ton uh however if you c- c- cannot give to us monetarily uh, that's okay. Just enjoy the show and go do all the stuff on social media and maybe sell your soul to us or the dead devil or something so that we can have, you know, a lot more support. 
support. That would be fantastic. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. Melissa, where can they find you on the interwebs these days? I am on Twitter at Wilkywit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. There you go. And if you guys want to find me on the internet, you can find me on Twitter at Hush315. You can find updates for all of our shows at The Whatnots on Twitter. Uh, and be sure to ch- check out our brand new website as well, thewhatnots.com, uh, for all sorts of stuff. We, we will be putting up, hopefully, news and reviews and articles and stuff like that down the road i've been doing like a month in review stuff so if you are fairly new to our show or if you only catch certain episodes and you might have missed something uh we have a we have some i'm doing them like a month in review here's all the stuff that we did here's all of the news and all that stuff so Mm -hmm. that's that i've talked your guys's ear off way too much with all of the uh the the thingamabobs and spiels so we will get out of here my name is kyle springer i'm melissa wilkinson there we go and we are the whatnots this has been the review show we will see you guys next week adios guys bye